I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The word of the Lord. Be gracious in these moments, O God, to our seeking of a word that can only come from your Holy Spirit. Amen. Just before we get to our text in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, the Apostle concludes the third chapter with a beautiful blessing. Now to him who is by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all that we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This blessing means at least two things to us as a community. One, there is a power at work within us that is able to do abundantly far more than we could even ask or imagine. Second thing is, to God be the glory in the church. Notice he does not say the church is a place of glory. Two thousand years of history have made it very clear that the church is not something glorious or its schools. To God be the glory in the church. Now we get to our text. Therefore, he begins, therefore, since God is at work and there is all of this abundant power, more than we can imagine, at work in the church, be sure that you are leading a life worthy of your calling. Now there are lots of callings in life. There is the calling to family. There is the calling to work. There is the calling to health. There is the calling to the environment. The calling to the poor. And the greatest calling of all, the greatest end of all, is to glorify and enjoy God. Therefore, Princeton Theological Seminary, as you fulfill your callings as students and professors and administrators, be sure that above all we are seeking to glorify God in all that we do the God who is at work here, who is at work when you can see God at work and when you cannot. Because we live out of this promise. Glory to God in the church. 
Then the text takes a funny turn. It tells us exactly how we lead a life worthy of the calling. The way we do that is with humility and gentleness and patience and forbearing with one another in love and doing all that we can to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. These are such lovely, tender virtues. How do you find them? Don't worry about that. <laughs> Just stay in community for a while, and you will have plenty of opportunities to discover humility. <laughs> plenty of opportunities to demonstrate gentleness. Plenty of need for patience. Plenty of calling to forbear one another with love and to engage and the hard, hard work of maintaining unity in the spirit and the bonds of peace. We are people who most every day discover our need for the grace of God and the need to extend that grace to others. The need to ask it of others. When you leave here, and begin whatever type of work you will be engaged in, you will find that this is your daily challenge as well. The giving and receiving of grace. Why can this not be a lab school where we get good at that? At the center of this community is the claim that we are of one Lord, one faith, one baptism, while we take differences very seriously. We have different theologies, different race, different genders, different orientations, different first languages, and very different stories. Do you think that if we took 550 very different students and added that to 45 very different professors, and added that to 100 very different administrators, that it will not be long before somebody hurts somebody else, before somebody makes a mistake or commits a sin against another. We will commit sins of omission and commission because we are flawed people, bound together in residential community. But as these sins are confronted and confessed, and absolution and grace is given, transformation occurs. This is how God shapes leaders for the church. It's probably not the kind of community you dreamed to come to. But as Bonhoeffer warned us, there's nothing more dangerous to authentic community than our dreams for it. Because we will always love our dreams more than the community in which God has placed us. Once again, the glory is not in the church, 
but in the God who is in the church. Now, this way of demonstrating our calling with humility and gentleness and forbearing one another and forgiving, this is not what I would have thought the ambitious Apostle Paul would have told us that we should be doing to fulfill our calling. I thought he would have said, fulfill your call with excellence. Pursue excellence. Get the job done. We're counting on you. God needs your help. <laughs> Nothing is more heretical than that line. You know, not even the church understands this. When you leave here, if you're going to be a pastor, and you have that interview with the search committee, and they ask you to describe your, something about yourself, imagine what would happen if you would say, well, my, um, my most significant attribute is humility. <laughs> and gentleness is a close second. And what I would really like to do is to come here and help you become a humble church. That's not what they're going to want to hear. They want to say that you have a vision for making them into a great church. But the great, the power, the glory for which the church yearns is only found when it becomes a realm of redemption. And it can only do that by the God who is at work within it. The Jewish theologian Abraham Heschel said that when two people come together, a creative space develops between them. It's in this space that the creator continues the ongoing transformation of both creatures. But if one of those persons should walk away, not only is that person lost, but so is the creative space. Jesus Christ said that whenever two or three come together, that he'll be in their midst. Wherever Jesus is in the midst of any community is in fact a realm of redemption. A place where people can learn how to tell the inconvenient truths and to confront the inconvenient truth in their own lives, where they can learn how to forgive, to bear one another with love. Then, then the community is free, free to do justice, to have fallen in love with mercy, and, and, and to walk more humbly. And whenever we do that, when we actually engage in the doing of justice and the daily loving of mercy and walking humbly among each other, then the glory of God is revealed. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
We are your people, spirit of grace. You dare to make us to all our neighbors, Christ's living voice, hands, and face. Christ's living voice, hands, and face. Joined in community, treasured and fed, Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. Though you come from east and west, and from north and south, and sit at the table in the kingdom of God. This is the Lord's table, and our Savior invites those who trust in him to come and share in this wonderful feast. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Let us pray. Holy God, we praise you. Let the heavens be joyful and let the earth be glad. We praise you for creating the whole world, for your promises to your people Israel, and for Jesus Christ in whom your fullness dwells. Born of Mary, he shares our life, eating with sinners, 
He welcomes us. Guiding his children, he leads us. Visiting the sick, he heals us. Dying on the cross, he saves us. Risen from the dead, he gives new life. Living with you, he prays for us. So, holy God, we ask now that you pour out your spirit upon us. Make us one with Christ and make us one with all who share this meal. Unite us in faith, encourage us with hope, inspire us to love, that we may all serve as your faithful disciples now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. How our, our Father, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Receive now the words of institution. Yesu Christo, usiku ule alio salitiwa, alitua mkate, na kisha kushukuru, aka umega, aka wapa wanafunzi wake, akisema, tuaeni mle, undi omwili wangu, utole wao kwa jilienu, fanyeni hivi, kukumbusho wangu. Vivyo bahada ya kula akakitua kikombe akisha kushukuru akawapa akisema nyweni nyote ndiyo damu yangu ya gano jipya imwagikayo kwa ajili yenu na kwa watu wengi kwa msamaha wa dhambi fanyeni hivi kila mnywapo kwa ukumbusho wangu. Friends, in the bread that is broken, we are made whole, and the cup that is poured out, we are filled. This morning, we will be serving communion by intinction, and we invite you to come up the center aisle and receive the elements and go down the side. Anyone in the chancel, we invite you to remain seated, and our chapel assistants will serve you. Brothers and sisters, the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray together. Lord God, in deep gratitude for this moment, this meal, these people, we give ourselves to you. Take us out to live as changed people, because we have shared living bread and cannot remain the same. Ask much of us, expect much of us, enable much by us, encourage money through us, so The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We pass the peace of Christ to those around you.